This episode of Inside Transportation is sponsored by Ford Motor Company. Built on the belief that freedom of movement drives human progress. From connectivity to autonomy, AI to machine learning, Ford has one simple goal, to improve mobility for its customers. To learn more about Ford's work in mobility, autonomous vehicles, and their global efforts to improve mobility for its customers, visit corporate.ford.com. That's corporate.ford.com. Welcome to our event. We're looking at the future trends in transportation, ride hailing, autonomous vehicles, and VTOLs, um, which is actually the next speaker we have coming uh, on the stage. His name is Justin Lang. He is the head of partnerships and strategy at Joby Aviation. So Joby are making electric aircraft powered by six electric motors. The aircraft takes off and lands vertically, giving the company flexibility to serve almost any community, um, which they promise these vehicles are more like SUVs than planes. Um, so without further ado, Justin Lang, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you well. Welcome to our event today. Thanks for joining us and take it away when you're ready with your presentation. All right. Well, thank you for the intro. Um, as Johan mentioned, I'm Justin Lang, the head of partnerships and strategy at Joby Aviation. Uh, I'd like to start by uh, thanking Johan and sort of the entire team at inside.com for having me here today. So the, the problem we're working on uh, at Joby Aviation is one we're all familiar with, the inefficiency of ground-based travel. Today, more than half the world's population lives in urban areas, and that percentage is expected to grow. I think, you know, Johan uh, hit it in the setup, even with the work from home uh, opportunities resulting from the COVID pandemic, people are still sort of, you know, stubbornly sticking to metropolitan areas. Uh, you know, prior to COVID, the average speed on highways in LA dropped to like five miles an hour during rush hour. And again, like Joe, Johan said in the setup, um, you know, we're getting back to those levels before return from return to work really even kicks off in full. Uh, in cities like San Francisco, you know, the Bay itself uh, provides a natural barrier to efficient direct travel. And the same is true in cities like New York with the rivers, Hong Kong and elsewhere. The bridges and tunnels we build to address these natural barriers instead become natural choke points. We believe that cities need a new sustainable mobility solution. At Joby Aviation, this is a challenge that we've been working on for more than 10 years. It started with a small team working quietly in the mountains above Santa Cruz. They were focused primarily on research and developing the core expertise needed to deliver electrification to aircraft. But as they continued pushing the technology forward and the engineering came together, the team steadily grew. Now we stand at more than 700 team members across multiple sites and geographies. Super cool. <laughs> uh, okay, so by the numbers, the aircraft delivers sort of the following performance specifications. As you saw in the video, the aircraft takes off and lands vertically, allowing it to use rooftops and similar landing infrastructure. It has five seats, including a pilot in the front and four passengers sitting behind and the all-electric powertrain delivers zero operating emissions. 150 mile max range on a single charge and 200 mile an hour nominal cruise speed, significantly faster than a helicopter. The enabling technology here, the sort of you know, breakthrough, if you will, that makes this all possible is distributed electric propulsion. 
rather than using a large centrally located conventional engine and then connecting that engine to the propellers with complex mechanical systems. Instead, we distribute smaller electric motors across the aircraft configuration and place them right at the point where the power needs to be delivered. On the image you see here, each propeller is actually powered by two independent electric motors, which segues us into the three important game changers that are enabled by distributed electric propulsion. The first is safety. As I just mentioned, we're able to place independent electric motors at each propeller. Each motor is in turn driven by two independent drive units, each of which in turn draws power from an independent battery. Backups on backups on backups. In other words, distributed electric propulsion allows us to build high levels of redundancy into the overall design of the aircraft, which stands in stark contrast to you know, traditional helicopters or other small aircraft, which typically have dozens of single points of failure. The second game changer is noise. We've all experienced firsthand standing next to an electric car as it turns on, it's quiet. In our case, there's still a substantial amount of engineering that goes into propeller design to sort of optimize the acoustics, but the result is an aircraft that is still 100 times quieter than a twin engine helicopter, exhibiting a noise profile of about 65 dBA in the hover configuration. This is basically the volume of a normal speaking voice and an overhead flight, the aircraft is near silent. There's a video uh, available for viewing on our website, should you be interested, uh, where Joe Ben, our founder and CEO, um, announces uh, some exciting news about our SPAC transaction. And the aircraft actually, you know, is hovering behind him, sort of you know, blowing his hair in sport coat. And he's able to maintain the same speaking volume throughout the video. It's a cool watch. Uh, go find it. Um, it's worth looking at. And finally, the third game changer is lower operating costs. When you combine the massive fuel savings from going all electric with the lower maintenance costs facilitated by the redundant architecture and higher operating speeds, we're able to amortize costs over a greater number of passenger seat miles. It's these breakthroughs in safety, sound, and cost that unlocks aerial access into and around cities in ways not currently possible. Conventional aircraft of this type have always been perceived as too loud, too dangerous, and too expensive. With, th with this aircraft, those perceptions will no longer hold true. Up to this point, we focused on the aircraft and rightly so. But for us, the next chapter of the story is the service that we're able to deliver with it. We don't intend to develop and manufacture these aircraft for sale. Instead, we'll operate them ourselves to build an on-demand, by-the-seat aerial ride-sharing service. To deliver the best customer experience, we're working to stitch together the ground-based first and last mile component of the journey with the air-based component that sits in the middle with the goal of providing a fully orchestrated multimodal journey with a single touch of a button. It's a lot of words, so I'll provide an example. Basically, imagine picking up your phone, you open a single app, and with one press of a button, you have an Uber come pick you up at your doorstep and deliver you to the nearest takeoff location. As you step out of the Uber, a Joby aircraft is already sitting there waiting for you with the destination and flight plan recorded. At the other end of the flight, as you approach the landing location, an Uber automatically pulls up right as you step off the aircraft to seamlessly pick you up and deliver you the last mile to your final destination. Now, I could have used Alto in that example, but I used Uber. Uh, and the reason is we already have an agreement in place with Uber, ensuring uh, that the Joby service will be integrated into the Uber app. And similarly, the Uber service will be fully integrated into the Joby app to deliver the ground-based first and last mile.
That's the vision we're trying to deliver. And we believe this has the potential to enable people to really rethink how they get around on a daily basis. So this idea um, has been going by different names in sort of the public discourse, aerial ride sharing, uh, urban air mobility, air taxis, but the idea is basically the same, beginning the process of transitioning daily mobility to the skies. By combining the speed of our aircraft with the directness of straight line flight, aerial ride sharing networks can deliver riders to their destination up to five times faster than driving. For those of us in the Bay Area, Imagine the base case being in Palo Alto and needing to get to San Francisco for a meeting, the 101 is backed up, and that trip of remarkably just 25 miles can easily take well over an hour. Aerial ride sharing networks can deliver that trip in just 12 minutes and reliably. For those of you in New York, I think the horror story you're probably more familiar with is sitting in an Uber trying to get across the East River at the wrong time of day to catch a flight out of LaGuardia or JFK. For Midtown Manhattan, those trips are just six miles and 13 miles respectively, but can also take well over an hour. We'll be able to deliver those trips in just 10 minutes or less. But getting people to where they're going faster is only part of the equation. The other major benefit of these aerial ride sharing networks is that they're highly scalable. Compared to conventional ground-based infrastructure, such as road and rail, these aerial ride sharing networks can be set up rapidly and at significantly lower cost. We just need to find a parking garage at each end of the network and install landing pads on the underutilized rooftops. This can be done for a fraction of the cost of building miles of road or rail that would otherwise be needed to connect those same points on a map. Importantly, nodal networks like the one we're seeing here scale exponentially. Each new node added to the network adds connectivity to all other nodes. An initial uh, network of five nodes like we see here at the beginning of the animation provides 10 possible routes doubling the number of nodes to 10, like we see at the end of the animation here, doesn't double the number of routes. It actually instead quadruples it due to the power of exponential scaling. In short, we believe these networks can provide a sustainable, cost-effective solution to cities while delivering massive value and time savings to the riders that use them. So here's a look at the path ahead. For the next several years, the major lift will be working through the FAA certification process. After validating the performance of our full-scale aircraft in 2017, we formally began the type certification process back in 2018. Last year, in 2020, we became the first company in this category to agree to a G1 certification basis with the FAA. This is an agreement with the FAA outlining a clearly defined roadmap for certifying the aircraft. While we still have, oops, excuse me, while we still have several years of rigorous testing ahead of us and a lot of other hard work to be done, with more than a thousand successful test flights completed to date, we're looking forward to a 2024 commercial launch. Hey everybody, just wanna let you know that this episode of Inside Transportation is sponsored by our friends at the Ford Motor Company. Built on the belief that freedom of movement drives human progress from connectivity to autonomy, Ford has one simple goal, and that's to improve the mobility of its customers. Ford has been using technology to shape the future of transportation for over 100 years and is dedicated to solving the world's most pressing mobility issues. What you might not know is that Ford has a series of divisions that make these visions a reality. Ford X is Ford's venture incubator that unites entrepreneurs, designers, and engineers to shape the future of transportation. Ford's city innovations team 
brings innovative ideas to life through community workshops, crowdsourcing initiatives, and citywide mobility challenges. And SPIN, a property of Ford, brings e-scooter sharing to cities and college campuses. So here's your call to action. To learn more about Ford's work in mobility, autonomous vehicles, and their global efforts to improve mobility for its customers, visit corporate.ford.com. That's corporate.ford.com. So at Joby Aviation, our mission is to save a billion people an hour a day. We intend to do that by delivering a sustainable, fast mobility solution that gets people to where they're going up to five times faster than driving. Saving a billion people an hour a day, it's not about the quantitative aspect, it's the qualitative aspect of what that extra hour a day could mean to you. If you had an extra hour a day, what would you do with it? For some of us, that probably means more productivity, more work. For some of us, an extra hour a day means the time to finally exercise or read a real book. And for some of us, like myself, getting out of traffic means you're home every night for bedtime with the kids, something that many of us, myself included, have been taking for granted during this you know, time of pandemic. However you want to spend that time, we think giving people back that hour a day will be incredibly impactful to their lives. Our goals are ambitious, but if we execute against the plan we've laid out for ourselves, the, re the resulting transformation will be profound. If this is something that excites you, we welcome you all to follow along on our journey. And when we're ready and able to deliver this transformational service, we look forward to welcoming you aboard. On behalf of the whole team here at Joby Aviation, thank you for your time. Justin, that was amazing. Thank you for giving us that amazing presentation. Um, is it okay if, if we ask a few questions, uh, you know, take a few questions from the audience? Yeah, for sure. All right, awesome. So first of all, uh, Pablo, thank you, Pablo, for joining us today. Um, what skills or license do you need to pilot a Joby vehicle? <laughs> yeah, so all of our aircraft will be professionally piloted. Uh, so this is... Um, this is not something that will be sold to individuals or operated by individuals. Uh, this will be operated as an on-demand service, uh, app-enabled by professional pilots. We intend to take advantage. Um, people don't realize this. They, there is a massive pilot shortage out there, uh, but that's people that have gained enough experience for sort of commercial airline uh, uh, levels of, of professionalism. There's a big tranche of people that are sort of below that and are working their way up to it. And this aircraft will allow people that are professionals gaining hours uh, to come pilot our service and ensure a safe, consistent um, experience for our riders. Is it easier to fly than a commercial plane? And do you have any plans to kind of automate that process by adding autonomous capabilities? Yeah, so it is it is a fly-by-wire flight control system. Um, the team has spent a lot of uh, engineering hours on ensuring that the aircraft is as simple to fly as possible. Uh, there's a lot of um, great technology built into it that, yes, we have a professional pilot steering the aircraft, but we're trying as hard as we can to allow that pilot to focus on the things that pilots are really good at, monitoring airspace, uh, making uh, judgment calls, and the aircraft itself uh, has technology built into it to ensure it stays within sort of a safe envelope. Uh, if the pilot tries to, you know, move the joystick too hard one way or another, and the aircraft detects that that's gonna cause um, an issue with the, with the flight controls, it can self-correct. Uh, on the question regarding autonomy, you know, I think um, you know, it's not rocket science that uh, going towards autonomy 
um, deliver certain potential improvements to the overall service. Uh, obviously, you know, it brings the cost down by taking a pilot out of the system and those savings can be passed along to end users. Um, removing the pilot also uh, delivers uh, weight savings and in aerospace uh, engineering, you know, mass is the enemy. If you can pull, call it, you know, 75 kilos of mass out of the, you know, the total aircraft that needs to be lifted, uh, you can either, you know, add another passenger or it makes sort of the engineering problem easier to solve. And so there's, there's certainly benefits of going towards autonomy um, over time. You know, we made sort of an intentional decision at the outset to go with a piloted aircraft. And, you know, there's a bunch of good reasons for that from our perspective. Um, you know, first of all, you know, this is a new category of aircraft. Uh, you know, we're obviously super fortunate to have the opportunity to work alongside the FAA um, to, to define in a certain, to a certain extent, the rules uh, associated with certifying these aircraft. Uh, we felt like it would be pushing the limits to bring another, uh, to increase the degree of difficulty, let's say, and bring another challenge to the FAA's plate from a certification perspective. There's also, you know, obviously a community acceptance angle as well. And for a lot of the same reasons, um, you know, starting piloted uh, made the most sense. That is one thing I was going to ask you about the community aspect. How receptive are cities to integrating VTOLs into their transportation plans? Uh, any insights there? Yeah, it's been, it's actually been, um, it's been a super rewarding experience engaging with cities. Uh, to, to the credit of all the sort of municipal leaders we've been working with, you know, people get it, they're excited about it. They understand the distinctions uh, of uh, this technology relative to existing uh, aircraft. You know, the, the idea of being able to move people efficiently in and around cities without causing noise pollution um, with, uh, you know, safe technology. These are things that we're finding municipal leaders to be really excited about. Now, they obviously have relevant questions around um, accessibility, they want to understand the acoustic profile. They want to understand the safety case. Um, and these are all sort of good questions for them to be asking. We're working with municipal leaders um, to get them sort of I don't know, more familiarized uh, with what we're trying to do. And at the same time, um, you know, it's important to us that we're delivering sort of a positive impact on the world. Yeah. So getting municipal leaders familiar with how we perceive this, you know, like I said, our, our mission is to save a billion people an hour a day. It's not to save a million one percenters an hour a day. Um, and so getting municipal leaders comfortable that this is uh, a mobility service that we intend to be uh, as accessible as possible and become increasingly accessible over time is an, an important part of that conversation. Absolutely. So we have a question from Emmanuel. Thanks, Emmanuel, for joining us today. Um, how long do you think the airspace will become crowded like land travels? And what's next when that happens for Joby? Any thoughts? Yeah, so we've intentionally designed this aircraft from the outset to fit within the existing uh, aviation ecosystem. That includes the regulations relevant to uh, certifying the aircraft, airspace integration, as well as accessing uh, existing aviation infrastructure. Uh, and so this aircraft, as it's currently being flown, integrates seamlessly into the national airspace system. Now you're right, over time, as sort of, you know, the service scales and the volumes increase, there's going to be a need for um, 
thoughtful solutions around how we uh, facilitate those higher volumes in safe and efficient ways. Luckily um, or happily, you know, these are conversations that both the FAA and NASA are, are, are keen to have and, in fact, are actively engaged on. NASA um, has a, I think they're calling it the, the national campaign. It was originally the grand challenge, but it, it's, it's, you know, the sole purpose, or not the sole purpose, but the, the stated purpose of the national campaign is to work on the integration of this new technology into both the airspace and urban environments, um, uh, and so we've got the right people working on solutions. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of great ideas being floated, and we're you know cautiously optimistic that um, those problems can be addressed. Well, we have a, a ton more questions for you, but we'll get to them in the Q&A. But before we go, because um, I'm sure everyone on this conference call is curious, when will they be able to take a ride in a Joby vehicle and what city will they need to be in? Any, any, any plans that you can announce to us yet? Yeah, and if you hear something, I think somebody's drilling something on the other side of the wall. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're targeting uh, FAA certification by the end of 2023 and commercial launch in 2024. Uh, in terms of, you know, launch markets, you know, we haven't announced our target launch markets yet. Um, but like I mentioned, we have sort of active conversations underway with mayor's offices, uh, transit authorities and government leaders in relevant cities. Um, you know, we have a bit of a sort of you know, institutional philosophy uh, over here around, you know, show, don't tell. We've sort of been historically a pretty quiet group. And we always prefer to make announcements around things we've actually accomplished and not announce sort of intents and potentials. Um, as the conversations with our launch markets, you know, deepen and those relationships get further established, you know, we look obviously forward to, to being a little bit more public on that front. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Justin, for your presentation. And we'll hear from you in a bit during the Q&A. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you.